Welcome to the Fantasy Unicorns Podcast, a fantasy basketball podcast with a dynasty focus. Welcome, all fantasy fiends, to episode 11 of the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. Very excited to have you here again. Very excited to be here. Uh, We've got a special episode here, a couple of uh, unicorn guests. But right off the top, uh, you might notice that in this episode, Jay, our our esteemed partner, um, isn't going to be joining us today. And and that, you know, we'll be seeing a little bit less of Jay. Uh, He'll definitely still be involved, but he's got a great opportunity. We're very happy for him uh, to be involved with uh, some other um, exciting things that that we're very proud of him for, and we wish him the best, but then he's still going to be an active contributor um, on the site as well as on the podcast. But uh, moving forward, you might not be seeing as much of him as uh, as we have over the, the previous 10 episodes, but you still got me. Uh, whether you like it or not, you're stuck with me. And uh, and for today's episode, we've got a couple of uh, very, very smart, very talented unicorns here with us. First, you all know and love him. Uh, aside from his fantasy basketball acumen, uh, Taco Bell fan extraordinaire, Kevin So is joining us. Kev, how's it going, my man? It's going great, Tony. Uh, awesome to be here. And again, just want to re- reiterate what you said and uh, uh, we're, uh, we're very happy for Jay and, uh, I'm glad that he's still going to be in the mix with us moving forward and, um, ready to talk some NBA and some fantasy. Definitely. Definitely. And we've also got our good fantasy unicorn contributor, good friend, Rhett here as well. Rhett, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? I'm absolutely great. Pacers play tonight. Looking forward to it. Just, uh, glad to talk some basketball tonight. So Rhett, are you a are you a Pacers fan? Is that where you uh, where you fall in the fandom world? Uh, yes, I am. So this interesting uh, start is quite exciting for me. Right, right. No, that's uh, the Pacers. The Pacers are an interesting team. An interest, a very interesting team. Uh, I might want to get your thoughts on on Goga Goga Batatse a little bit later, um, but we'll we'll get there. Um, but as uh, you know, for those of you guys listening. Um, guys or girls listening. Uh, Today, we're going to have news and notes per usual. We're going to have a recap of week two in the NBA. And then we're going to go through a few games that we here, Fantasy Unicorns, are excited to look at uh, in the the upcoming week. A couple games on Friday that we really are are excited about. And we'll talk through that. So, uh, So we hope that you're excited and we're about to dive in here to our news. All right, guys. So, uh, we're going to start off here with some news. Obviously, the big news in the last week, Steph Curry, broken hand, expected to miss at least three months. Uh, obviously, you know, fantasy owners are uh, are freaking out. They're frantic. They're panicking. Uh, Steph Curry, obviously, I had him as my MVP pick for the, for the season. Obviously, that's out now. Uh, guys, Kevin, I'll start with you. Uh, what are you doing? If you own him, I mean, the Warriors, obviously, this doesn't do good things for their team. They're not going to look very good. Um, wh- what does this mean for you and how you're looking at Seth Curry? And then who is it on the Warriors roster that you're looking at the next man up on that roster that that, that you think could could make an impact? 
Yeah, the the Warriors definitely uh, are in an interesting situation now. And I I knew that this was a possibility that they might um, end up kind of just being awful and, and, uh, you know, Curry and and Draymond might start getting their seasons cut short. I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. I didn't think Curry would get hurt in addition to various injuries to Draymond and D'Angelo Russell. Um, It's kind of if you drafted Curry, which you if you did, you had you got him in the first round. Uh, that's a tough loss to take. Uh, it's really next to impossible to recover from. But you know, with some moves, there are, there's ways to kind of stay afloat and kind of uh, try to right your ship. Uh, right now, the um, the player that stepped up is Bowman um, for uh, for the point guard position, and he's looked good. He's he's put up some some solid stats. Um, you know, it's kind of been the entire offense has kind of uh, the responsibilities has been given out to a variety of players, uh, mainly to uh, especially with Draymond being out. Uh, again, it's all it's all a mess. But um, Eric Pascal has really stepped up uh, the rookie, uh, the second round rookie who's gotten a lot of praise from Steve Kerr. Um, he looks legit. He looks like a guy that they can really um, develop and and become a real force for this team. Um, I think he's sort of going to be the guy to, to keep an eye on most of all amongst all these other sort of uh, fill-in starters that the, the Warriors have been playing. But again, if you have um, Curry, you know, the best thing you can do is probably to pick up Bowman for now uh, and see what happens with him. Um or try to make some moves. If it's a dynasty league, uh, I do own, uh, I do, I roster him in a dynasty league. Um, I'm starting to see uh, if anybody out there who's tanking uh, is interested in picking him up uh, for, mm-hmm. you know, a lesser star um, and sure. just trying to get some value from him if I'm in a win now situation. And if I'm not, then um, I'm trying to grab him and put him on my dynasty team if I'm not trying to win right now. Sure. So, Rhett, same question to you. Uh, you know, how are you looking at the Seth Curry situation? And, and also, who, who are you keying in on in the roster who might step up? Man, to have your first-round pick go down in the first two weeks of the season just throws everything way off. And it Absolutely brutal. That he's over Absolutely 30. brutal. So, in that dynasty mindset, the only thing you're really going to be able to do, like Kevin said, is either hold off and kind of gear up for next year or try to scramble what you can in the meantime to try and stay competitive until he comes back or make a trade to try and get another top 15 guy if you can package some good uh, some good waiver pickups or you know find that tanking team who's just consolidating all the hurt people like there's a guy in one of the dynasty leagues I'm in he's got uh, KD, Oladipo, John Wall and uh, and Clay Thompson so he's just all wow. IR squad, and but next year he's going to be. He would definitely ridiculous. want Seth Curry. Yeah, right? yeah, talk yeah. to that guy. <laughs> exactly, and so if if you're in that kind of situation where the guy's just kind of mailed it in for this year, uh, reach out to him, see what you can get. Um, but I wouldn't say sell low, like in a dynasty format. Like he's still going to be top ten um, next year. I would say pretty easily. So you're not uh, you're not selling like that. Like you don't want to undersell too much, but as far as somebody who's looking to take over, um, if it's not D'Angelo Russell from, uh, you know, if they decide to play, play it ultra conservative with him 
you know, him and Draymond, both of them should take over if they're healthy. But, you know, if, if, uh, if they get finger issues that keep them out more than a week, you know, that just seems like the Warriors trying to keep that uh, top 20 protected pick that they gave Brooklyn uh, safe in their own asset cabinet. But uh, Eric Pascal has been very, very good lately. I think Jordan Poole is someone to keep an eye on as well. Uh, he can shoot the ball very well. But that that seems to be it. But they're going to need some scoring. It's uh, it's it's not looking good for Warriors right now. But they've had their run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to your point about Steph Curry being able to come back, you know, at or above, frankly, the level that that we expect from him. You know, a broken hand, as far as injuries go, obviously they're going to be super cautious with him, and they're saying three months. But you can come back from a broken hand, absolutely, and be you know the exact same player that you were before. There are going to be some questions. Yeah, exactly. There are going to be some questions with Clay Thompson, with Kevin Durant coming off from ACL and and Achilles injuries, respectively. You know, those guys, there might be some questions with regard to explosiveness and and lift and, you know, cutting motions. Curry isn't going to have any of those problems. Uh, So so I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I think that he'll be able to come back at that level. And for what it's worth, I do agree. I think Jordan Poole, for me, is maybe the guy who he got the start with D'Angelo Russell sitting, um, you know, in, in last night's game against Portland, which they won shockingly. Uh, yeah. And he had a good game. You know, Jordan Poole put up 16 points. He had three rebounds and five assists, right? Like he can do that. And he's got a nice handle on him. He's got a good jump shot. He can jump off the dribble. He can shoot off the dribble. And I'm also actually, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, I'm looking at Alec Burks a little bit. I think that Alec Burks has a <laughs> chance because – Frankly, he's the perfect player for this type of a situation. Someone who's not, he's not great, but he can score in bunches and he's going to have the ball in his hands with the second unit or he might be starting, assuming that, you know, Bowman and Poole maybe don't hold up for the whole season. Um, you know, Alec Burks is kind of the perfect player. He's a vet. He can come in, he can handle the ball and he might actually kind of be the perfect player to thrive in this setting if the Warriors are, are really, really bad, which they might be. Um, so a few options there to look at, uh, you know, as we look at the Warriors moving forward. Next piece of news, the Suns are are shocking the world right now. I mean, big win, and I watched this game all the way through. I mean, big win for them over the Sixers. Um, Devin Booker has been on fire. He's been doing it all. He's, he's averaging five assists a game. He's shooting 54% from, from the field, which is, is great for him. His efficiency numbers are, are looking great. He's handling the ball. He's sharing the ball. He's scoring at all three levels, uh, and he looked on fire against the Sixers. And Aaron Baines has also been really impressive uh, in a starting role there, you know, with Aiton going down. And we'll touch on that with the suspensions later on with some news in that uh, today. My heart is, is hurting as an Atlanta fan. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I'm going to kick it to you guys here. Um, and, Rhett, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, you know, wh- what do you make of the Suns' fiery – pun intended, start, uh, you know, here in the early season, they've knocked off some really good teams, and the latest of which is kind of the royalty of the East in, in the Philadelphia Sixers. What, what do you make of that? I mean, it's extremely surprising. I, if you had told me before the beginning of the year that the Suns would have ended up beating the teams that they've beaten quite handily, actually. I mean, it hasn't been like they've accidentally stumbled into a couple wins. Booker's playing incredible, like you said. Aiton in his one game looked incredible. And then Rubio, Oubre, 
Baines, like they've just got actually a decent NBA roster, which is contrary to what we've thought from them over the last couple of years. And I think part of it comes down to Rubio. Like we've always said, you know, put, put an actual point guard next to Booker. Don't make him the point guard and see what happens. And look what's happening. I mean, he's Rubio is averaging almost 13 points, almost nine assists and almost seven boards with 1.8 steals. Like, that's that is an impressive stat line, and that allows Booker to 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 not have so much of a defensive focus can allow him to move off the ball, and then everybody else with Rubio running an offense, I mean he seems to just make everybody else around him better. So just very very surprising. Um, be interested to see if it keeps up, and then once Aiton comes back, Baines is doing what he's doing against starting units. It'll be just incredible what he'll do against uh, second units. So Kevin, I know that uh, I know that the the Suns are sort of the you know easy to make fun of franchise, but at least here in the early going, it looks like they have perhaps some of that veteran leadership that they were lacking in the past. Uh, do you think that this is sustainable for them, or do you think that it's fool's gold? Yeah, it, it's tough to say right now. I mean, I, I agree with Rhett that the addition of Rubio has been really big for them. Um, and just the overall play of Booker, he looks like he has taken another step. Um, he's making smarter plays on the floor. Um, he looks more confident. Uh, he's kind of playing more under control, I think. Um, so I think he, yeah, you know, within whole, himself a little definitely, bit, more, right? Definitely. Like playing, playing, playing to his strengths. Correct. Yeah. And, and I think that's all coming together. Um, in a nice way. And the the Baines part is is such a surprise for me. You know, who would have guessed not only would the Suns be winning these games, but doing it without DeAndre Ayton um, is just mind-blowing to me. It, it, it's funny when you think about how Baines has been playing so well on the floor, and he essentially caused that uh, season-ending injury to Curry, how he's found his way into being one of the most uh, impactful uh, players in the NBA so far. <laughs> and hitting uh, threes. And hitting threes. And, hitting threes. And, and not even that, but getting almost six assists over the past three games, or averaging almost six assists over the past. Yep. This is not a skill set I really thought that he had in him, but he's showing that he, you know, he's much more than just kind of a, a bruising center. Um, he's got a lot of skill that you know, he can display. And uh, I, I agree with Rhett. You know, if once he's in the second unit, when Aiton comes back, you know, he's going to be uh, you know, he could be, you know, playing, uh, you know, they could be running offenses through him in the paint and, you know, he could be really just beating up on second units. So I don't think they're going to maintain, um, the rate that they're at. I, I think there's going to be some regression back to the mean. Um, I think that, um, you know, everyone's playing really well right now. And actually, the interesting thing is they're doing this kind of without a lot of contributions out of uh, McCall Bridges, who I thought was going to have a bigger role um, heading into yep. the season. But um, I do think that they're going to they could be in the mix for the playoffs, um, but I don't see them being sort of a, a top four or five team in the West just yet. Uh, but you, you never know. I, you know, they, they, they definitely are making some strides and it's about time because Phoenix is kind of just been in the dump for so long that um you know if, if things are clicking with booker um he's going to be the one that that's going to take them to that next level and and he, he might have it in them yeah and uh you know credit to monty williams who came in there um totally new roster mm. the sun's fire you know 
Koskrikov, um, you know, last year, who who only had one one year with the team, and, and obviously they didn't perform. They bring in Monty Williams, who, you know, surprised I think a few people when he took that job, and it's it's shown that you know actually bringing in Dario Sarge, bringing in Aaron Baines, uh, bringing in Rubio, bringing in these steady hands, these veterans. Um, it really does translate on the floor. Um, and so I, I'm curious to look at, you know, how much, how, how are they now going to respond when teams start game planning for them a little bit better? Um, you know, looking at through their last games, obviously they had that big win over the Clippers, which was really exciting. 130 points they scored, they put up on, on, on the Clippers. Very impressive. You know, Kawhi Leonard is playing that game and they won. Uh, they lost by a point to the Jazz they beat up on Memphis and they beat Golden State before Seth Curry got hurt. But even then, they really weren't as good of a team. But now they have that statement win over the Sixers. You know, they've had some good games. And I think that, you know, to Kevin's point, there is going to be a little bit of regression. But there are some signs in place here. New head coach, veteran roster now, a young star who seems to be kind of coming into his own a little bit more. It seems as though they have some pieces in place. Uh, and, you know, who's to say with Aiton if he comes back? I mean, who's to say what that roster looks like after that? Uh, so very exciting if you're a Suns fan. Very interesting for us as basketball fans to see that franchise, you know, at least seemingly turn it around here in the early going of the season. Uh, another big surprise here early in the season is Isaiah Thomas, his reemergence. Uh, onto the scene here looks like he might be given a starting job in Washington, obviously with John wall out for this season with a number of different injuries. Uh, Jay and I talked about this um, on an earlier episode. I was not very confident in Isaiah Thomas and I'm, I'm kind of having to eat crow here uh, because he's really sort of shut up the opposition. He shut up the haters and he's showing out. He looks like Boston Celtic uh, I, IT. I, I mean, uh, it's very exciting. Kevin, what, what do you make of, of the, the IT explosion? Yeah, I mean, as a Wizards fan, it's definitely one of the few things that uh, is interesting to watch on this team right now. Uh, just seeing um, him come back to a little bit to, to his old form. You know, he's still not quite that same player that he was in, Bal- in Boston, but He's definitely showing that he's one of the few guys on this team that can kind of get to the basket on his own. Um, and I think it, he's going to be putting up stats. You know, he's, he started the last game. He didn't really have a great line, but uh, I could see him uh, really showing out and, and pushing up to the mid to upper teens and points and, and uh, quite a few assists along the way as well. Uh, he's only signed through this year. So he's playing for his next contract right now. So he's got to prove to the rest of the league that he's healthy, that he can be uh, a, a contributor to the, to any team and that he deserves, you know, he's not going to get the the Brinks truck backed up to him um, like he thought he would a few years back, but he's, you know, he wants to get some sort of semblance of uh, a decent contract. And so he's, he's playing right. for it now. And I think that he's going to, he's going to start, putting up some points, you know, he's already had a couple of 16 point games. And I think we're going to, that's going to be a common occurrence. Uh, same thing with the assists, you know, he can, 
hit you with eight, nine assists at any moment. Um, so sure. for fantasy, he's he was definitely undervalued. I think when he came down with that injury in the summer, that scared a lot of people away. Um, and so wrist injury, I believe. Right. Yeah. Right. But he, you know, the, the thinking was that he was going to be back relatively soon. And he, he did. I mean, I think he only missed the first three games. Um, sure. So he's, he's definitely showing to be a good value for fantasy. Um, so Kevin, go ahead. Um, what if, what about, what about if uh, the wizards might try to flip him? You know, if he's really proving to, to be a really good player and he's, he's in form, could you see the wizards maybe trading him to a contender, someone who needs a point guard? Um, you know, or need someone to really give them a spark off the bench. Is is that something that that they could do? It's something they need to consider. I mean, if there's a market for it, they they need young assets. They, you know, I think they need to. Uh, he he will he will not be on this team next year. And so, if they could get something for him, uh, a young player, uh, you know, maybe a young prospect, maybe a draft pick, something like that, um, they probably need to do that. But at the same time. He's going to be probably, you know, especially as the season goes on and the Wizards are not going to be in the mix for the playoffs, they're going to start resting Beal more. Um, so if they want people to actually show up to games, they need somebody that can put on a show a little bit. And there's a lot of uh, G-leaguers or guys that should be on the G-league on this team. Um, Do and... people go to Wizards? Games, <laughs> <laughs> they don't. It's... Right? It's, Why uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's it hasn't been the the, the best experience, um, but um, I've I've been to a few. I've been to a couple. I've been to a, a couple playoff oh, games, and it, it's you know it's 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 a, it's a it's an okay experience when they're playing well, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this year they're gonna be uh, they're just gonna be giving tickets away. But you know you don't want to have empty seats uh, in the on uh, the broadcast, so they they need to. Yeah try to fill those seats and he's one of those guys that can do it but either way i think he's gonna have a good season i see him having you know probably definitely a top 100 if not higher and if you need points and assists he's definitely a guy to, to sure. target well so rhett over to you uh what, you know what do you what do you feel about it's emergence thus far i mean the wizards need nba basketball players um so uh, yeah I'm, no offense, Kevin, but like, I mean, he is, he's out there scoring, he's out there getting assists and what he's been doing like 16 and five and 17 and 10, 16 and seven, all that is under 25 minutes a game. Like he, he's been averaging 22 minutes a game so far and he's still been putting up seven assists, three boards, about 14 yeah. points, stuff like that. So like if he, Great if point. he can get up to 28, 30 minutes, like for what you're gonna pay for him, I assume he's on waivers on in most shallow leagues. Maybe not so much in dynasty because somebody just took a flyer. But I mean, Wizards need people who can score, and and I mean he's getting a decent amount of assists. So I I mean you might as well go for him now. Uh, if the Wizards decide to flip him to somebody else, it's likely going to be a playoff team that's going to have other guys around. He's going to be more of a distributor, maybe not as much of a scorer, but even still a more motivated team that's going to win isn't going to be uh isn't going to be resting him at all like the wizards could once they uh once they start trying to figure out what sort of g league players they want to showcase for the empty wizard seats <laughs> yeah i mean it's a, you know it's it's interesting i think it's going to be an interesting storyline it's a feel good story with isaiah thomas i think a lot of nba fans would like to see him come back. Um, sure. And I personally, you know, I'd love to see him 
you know, on a good team again, that, that would be really exciting. Final piece of news here, rounding out the news and notes section. Uh, I mean, it hurts my heart. I'm just going to, just going to talk for a minute, guys. Uh, John Collins, 25 game suspension for, uh, HGH, um, you know, performance enhancing drugs. He says he came out with a statement. He said that he was unaware uh, that he was given a supplement that he didn't realize had this uh, this illegal uh, substance in it. He said it was trace amounts. He's going to appeal the decision. Uh, you know, I mean, as an as a Hawks fan, it's it's extremely upsetting um, because I think a lot of people who watched the Hawks this season saw uh, a lot to be really excited about. Um, and, you know, we were kind of hoping to, that we would hover around the 500 mark, potentially have a shot at an eight seed, um, which might get it done. You know, winning 40 games might get you into the playoffs this year in the East. Um, I just don't, you know, they look like they might have that. But if John Collins ends up actually missing 25 games, you know, he said he's going to appeal the decision, but Aiton's team appealed the decision and we haven't heard anything about that. So I'm not sure how, uh, and that was for a diuretic, which is actually only uh, a, a marker of, of using something that you want to flush out of your system. Uh, in Colin's case, they actually found the actual banned substance uh, in his system. So, you know, it, it, if, if he misses 25 games, I don't see how the Hawks uh, are able to, you know, even get anywhere near that 40, 40 win mark. I mean, they'll probably hover around 25. Um, I didn't think that the Hawks were going to be all that good this year. I was very surprised by the consistency that we saw off the bench. Uh, I think that this actually opens the door for us to see a lot more of Jabari Parker, who has been honestly really, really good for the Hawks up to this point. He's been able yep. to attack the rim. He's been distributing. He's been handling the ball. Uh, it also opens the door to see a little bit more of Bruno Fernando, yep. uh, who, you know, is someone that is a very exciting uh, prospect to, to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, it, you know, but but ultimately the Hawks are going to look really, really bad, I think, without Collins on the floor and without what he's, you know, sort of able to do. I'm also curious to see what this does uh, for for the minutes that Damian Jones and Alex Len see, those guys are obviously bigger, but, you know, Alex Len hasn't really been seeing many minutes. I think a lot of people were expecting more from him than mm -hmm. what they've gotten thus far. So I'm curious to see if Alex Len doesn't see an uptick in his usage and in, and in his numbers. Uh, but, you know, ultimately it's, it's really upsetting uh, to see a team like Atlanta with this much potential lose, you know, essentially one of their, Current, you know, their their second best, if not their best player. Uh, so, Rhett, I'm going to go to you first here. Um, what do you think about first off about Collins and you know what's going to happen in Atlanta? Yeah. Who do you think is going to make is going to fill that void? And then, uh, what do you make of these suspensions generally? I, I, I'm sort of, I mean, the NBA must have changed something because yep. early in the season they must have changed something about the way Absolutely. that they're testing. Or their chest, they they changed something. I'm, I'm, I mean, what do you think about about this 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 situation? I mean, it's it's an awful situation. I can't even imagine. That's that's half a season, you know. Or I'm sorry, a quarter of a season. Uh, that's that's ridiculous. Um, for for an Atlanta fan that actually had some optimism going into the season, 
the good news is that Trey Young is supposed to be back, so he's really the only one that can pick up that slack. Uh, the 20 and 10. He's going to play tonight. He's going to yeah. play tonight. So. Yeah, 20 and 10 isn't something that you can just find. Um, like you said, Jabari Parker has been playing very well. Uh, he'll likely get more opportunity to continue playing well. Um, Alex Lynn, like you said, hasn't been getting a ton of minutes, but they're going to need big bodies in there. Like Jabari Parker, can't. I wouldn't like to see him as a small ball five. I don't think he's big enough for that. Um, I don't think he can defend a five. But Alex Lynn should get a chance to to get some more minutes. It might be somewhat of an Aaron Baines situation. Hopefully that, that would be best case scenario, obviously. Um, and then Bruno Fernando, uh, there was some some murmurs about him over the summer about the role that he's going to have. Will he take the starting job before the year's over? Uh, and we haven't seen a ton of him yet, but this seems like a great opportunity for them to open up those doors, see what they got and uh, hopefully get that appealed. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. Like you said, with Aiton, we haven't heard anything back, but at least, I mean, they had to have changed something about it. I mean, they, they could just be making examples of these two. I mean, it's two young studs. Uh, under, I mean, 22 and under, both of these right, guys. Right, and that's just, they're, they're not taking it lightly and going right for it. Um, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what this does to both teams that are affected, what teams will be affected moving forward, and uh, see if there will be any sort of uh, shortening of those of those suspensions in the future. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, over to you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, something definitely must have changed because I can't remember the last time we, start, we heard about these types of uh, uh, drug testing and, and suspensions like this. Um, and... I'm going to take a slightly different angle that you guys took as far as the loss of Collins. I I think, uh, obviously, Collins is a great player, young, up-and-coming, going to be a beast. Uh, but I think Jabari Parker actually fills in really nicely. And I don't know if the Hawks end up losing quite that much from the mm. loss of Collins. I think the bigger loss, obviously, would be Interesting. If, if Trey Young were out. Absolutely. Um, the the yeah. next without the, we saw that we saw what the Hawks right like without Trey Young that offense yeah. is he he's bad. by far the most valuable player for that team right um, and I think uh, with Collins you can replace that production uh, they have a pretty deep team you know you, you look at uh, like I said Jabari but then you also have um, guys like uh, uh, DeAndre Hunter and you have yeah. DeAndre Bembry and you have Cam Reddish, who can probably play all five positions if he wanted to. It, it, it's just like it, they have Evan a lot Turner. of versatility. <laughs> Evan Turner. Not that yeah. I like. Not that anyone Back ever liked Evan guard. Turner, but yeah. <laughs> but Evan Turner, he can play. He can guard fours, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah. you have a lot of defensive versatility, and, and I agree. Jabari should not be guarding fives. Uh, it was questionable if Collins really should be guarding fives as well. That's but true. Right. you know, I, I think I think you, you patch it together with. Um, with Len and Fernando and uh, Jones, uh, and you kind of are fluid with the with the two through four positions, um, and I think they have enough coverage to weather that storm. That where it, you know, I'm not saying that the Hawks are going to be a great team or anything, but I don't think they're going to lose as much as people are concerned about with the loss of Collins because they have so much depth and versatility. Um, and I, like I was saying before, I yeah. think a bigger loss would obviously be Trey Young for this team. For what it's worth, I, I'm not, I don't hate 
the Hawks losing a ton of games. <laughs> well, you don't like, want them like, to be in the middle. Right. You know, you don't I want don't, them to be right? 38, I don't want, 44. I don't want 38, right. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want uh, what the Pistons are going to end up being, right? <laughs> right, um, right. But I, I think they have I, a legit chance. I, I think that they have enough talent that, it, especially with a player like Trey Young, yeah, if he, yeah. really he could starts to put it together, yeah, they, they, I could see them getting even with. I'm going to go this, off the cuff this, here. Yeah, I'm go ahead. Go off the cuff here, but is Trey Young an All Star right now today? In the East. In the East. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, he's definitely in the mix. I would, he's, in, he would be in consideration for me. Right. I think, I think he's that good. I think he's. He he's he could be one of the you know four or five best uh, point guards on the East. For sure. I mean, looking at his stats: thirty minutes, twenty-seven points, three and a half threes, over seven assists, five boards, and a steal on fifty percent shooting. And those steal numbers yes. can go up too, and the yeah. assist numbers. Like so, that's a yes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who else is going to make it in the East over him. There's not going to be nine players that make it over him like that. Mm, okay. Well. So, Interesting stuff. Don't so worry too much, Tony. <laughs> yeah, that wraps up our uh, our news and notes. Uh, thanks, guys. And uh, we're about to kick off our uh, our week two recap. So stick with us. <whistles> Welcome back, Fantasy Fiends. We're about to dive into our uh, recap of week two. Another great week of NBA basketball. And a lot of things to, to take a look at and analyze from a, uh, from a fantasy perspective. So, Rhett... Uh, as the resident resident Pacers fan, you must be pretty excited about what you've seen from Malcolm Brogdon thus far. I've okay. got him in a couple of leagues, and and he's shown he's shown more playmaking and assist getting than we saw from him last season. Um, in your opinion, I mean, do you think that this is something that he can sustain? And and is this uptick in playmaking allowing him to sort of climb up your rankings? for how you're evaluating him as a fantasy asset. I mean, so far on this year, he's the eighth overall player. Uh, So if he's climbing, so yes, he is climbing up my rankings. Uh, All homerism aside, he's been playing incredible. Uh, I don't, I do see it going down once Old Depot comes back, obviously. Um, Brogdon right now has like a 27% usage, which is, exactly what Oladipo has had the last two years at Indiana. So, I mean, you don't just throw 27% usage out there and expect everybody else to play their same game. However, Brogdon is distributing. He's looking to pass. He is driving to the basket. Hardly. I mean, he's looking at the rim sometimes. He had a nice couple dunks the other night, but he is looking for the shooters out on the perimeter and they just, they knocking them down. Um, he is rising in my rankings. I'm actually trying to trade for him right now in my dynasty league. I got to have my, got to have my resident pacer. Um, I think he's averaging 9.7 assists right now. I think that he can hover at seven quite easily, uh, once Victor comes back and top 50 isn't, uh, isn't even a surprise right now with as well as he can shoot the ball. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, Brogdon is a super smart player. He understands the game. Yep. He knows how to slow down the pace and find the right guy. Um, he is, I think that the success of the Pacers this season is going to come down to how well Brogdon can shepherd this team until Oladipo's return. 
Yeah. Um, at this rate, I mean, he, he's doing all he can. Yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So we could see a lot of Malcolm Brogdon. It's definitely an interesting, uh, an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Uh, Kevin, I think a lot of people were very curious to see what Brandon Ingram would be able to do on the Pelicans. And up until now, whether it's because of Zion Williamson's absence or because of the new situation, he's finally beginning to look like the second overall pick. Um, do you think that this is sustainable for him, or are we going to still see some of that passive complacency that defined his career with the Lakers? He definitely looks like a new player. Um, I don't think we're going to see um, the same type of body language and same approach that he had in L.A. I think there was definitely some uh, dysfunction happening with that organization when he was over there. And he probably felt just incredibly relieved to be headed out to New Orleans uh, out of the, you know, under out from under LeBron's shadow and, and just kind of having a fresh start. You know, he's still he just turned 22 um, in September. So he's a super young player. So and young. He is really showing off a lot of the offensive skills that, um, you know, we thought he might be able to have but had been lacking. You know, he's never really been a big three-point shooter. And uh, last year he only averaged .6 threes per game. And so far he's uh, gotten four times that. So he's averaging 2.4 threes per game. And he's pretty much gone up on, in every stat that you can count um, across the board. And it's just been great to watch you know he's really looks like a very confident player out there he stepped up when guys like drew holiday uh you know haven't been quite uh playing up to their normal level obviously zion's not there so there's certain players that are as they get put back into the mix are going to eat up some of that usage you know he's not going to be taking as many shots you know, he's averaging almost 18 shots a game right now which that's going to come down a little bit um but i think Overall, the 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 polished look of his offensive game is here, and it's legit. And while I don't think he's gonna make, he, right now he's I have him as the 17th ranked player uh, in fantasy so far this year. I don't think that's uh, you know that's not gonna maintain, but I could definitely see him in the top 35 or so at the by the end of the season. I think that's definitely an achievable goal for him. And I think he is, uh, it's just great. It's a great story. It's great for, great to see him out there uh, putting up these stats and really stepping up and, um, you know, kind of being that main scorer for the team at the moment. But um, I think, again, as other guys get worked back in, um, it's going to see a little bit of a dip. But overall, he's a new player. And, um, you know, I think this is, can be the new Brandon Ingram that we can expect to see. Yeah, and it's definitely possible that for most people, what they're seeing so far from Brandon Ingram is probably above the value that they were expecting from him because oh, some of the sure. narrative, some of the narrative coming into the season was, you know, Brandon Ingram is going to fade. He might not really be able to. There were the injury concerns that he had, uh, which were was a chronic, potentially a chronic issue there. Um, you know, so it's it's really good to see him step up, uh, and I think a lot of people are very excited with what they've seen from Brandon Ingram so far. Um, because there was definitely a lot of negative energy surrounding him coming into the season. Yeah, in Yahoo, he was getting drafted after the, I think, overall 103. So wow. you're getting, yeah. you know, 80-plus, uh, you know, jump in value there if you drafted him. Man, that's, that's tough. That's tough. 
so moving on to the next topic here, uh, week two recap. Uh, RJ Barrett is the early front runner for rookie of the year. He's looked like a do-it-all machine out there. And he actually is, you know, in my opinion, one of the stronger, uh, well, we all knew this, but definitely one of the stronger uh, prospects out of this recent draft class. Uh, but Rhett, you know, uh, is he going to be the favorite over Zion Williamson now for rookie of the year? Is he, is he really capable of being that guy who can sustain this over the entire season? And, you know, can he keep this distance when Zion Williamson comes back, in your opinion? I don't think so. And it's not because R.J. Barrett isn't a great player. He's been he's been putting up some pretty good numbers. He hasn't had – well, recently he hasn't shot the ball as well. But he started the season shooting the ball very well, which is surprising for a rookie. Hasn't had too many turnovers. Um, been scoring well, been rebounding well. He's even played point guard a little bit. He's getting some assists. But – Looking at his minutes, it's just ridiculous. He has been over 35 minutes in all but one game so far this year, which as a rookie isn't that big of a deal. But he's, he's had he's had 40 minutes in three out of the last four games, and they haven't been overtime. So it's just 40 minutes wow. in regulation is not something that I want to see all the time. Um, and just with Fisdale, I just don't – I mean, he'll sit Mitch Robinson because he doesn't want to get him in foul trouble. And I just can't put any faith in uh, Fizdale's rotations to to believe that R.J. Barrett could keep this up. Sure. I mean, I guess uh, I think what 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 I what I like about R.J. Barrett's game is the fact that from a fantasy perspective, he gives you so much yeah. in so many different ways. Absolutely. That he's he's been able to come in and sort of immediately be fantasy relevant and contribute in that way. Yeah. Obviously the on the court stuff is going to, there's, he's going to hit a wall and he's going to hit that wall even earlier because of the fact that they're riding him so hard. Um, so it's definitely going to be curious. It's going to be interesting to see how that maintains, because I think to a, to a certain extent, I think you're right. This, especially the minutes it's unsustainable. Um, yeah. And that makes it really difficult to track what his, what his future is going to look like. He does have some areas for improvement. His free throw shooting has been awful. Well, we I, knew I, his percentages were going to be were going to yeah, crap. I mean, I mean, we knew that. It's it's not good. So I mean, if he if he improves on some of those areas, he can still maintain his position even if the minutes sure. go down. But I don't see him sticking at thirty seven minutes a game for the rest of the season. Sure. So moving on to the final uh, narrative point and final storyline that we want to highlight from the last week, we saw uh, some pretty, pretty unbelievable performances from Luka Doncic this past week, including a fantastic duel against LeBron James, where both of them got triple doubles and Luka Doncic uh, being one of the youngest players to, uh, to score, uh, to have as many triple doubles as he's accrued over his first, uh, you know, season and a few games here. Um, Kevin, is Luka Doncic part of the NBA elite? Can we call him an elite player in the NBA landscape today? I think he's worked himself into that conversation. I think uh, the battle with LeBron was a classic. Um, it's going to be one of those uh, games that people kind of reference as um, potential passing of the torch to some degree. Um, you I mean, know, what a duel. That, it was great. 
It was great. And and he's such a fun player to watch. Um, and so far this season, he's just been huge. You know, he he has maintained his points and his rebounds and assists and actually improved all of those, improved his three-point shooting. But most importantly, he's improved his percentages. So uh, he's shooting 46.4% from the field and over 80% from the line. So he's answered those questions, which were sort of the things that in fantasy that were holding him back. Uh, obviously, the turnovers are still really high, and that's a big negative. Uh, but if you're like me, you don't really – Think about turnovers that much um, when you're looking at the value for fantasy players. But he's been amazing, uh, both in the NBA real life, but also for fantasy, uh, obviously giving first round value. I updated my rankings recently. So for the rest of the season, I have him at number eight overall for the rest of the season. And wow. for uh, Dynasty. Is he, above, is he above? Is he above Embiid? Let me check because I know those were close. Uh I have to cross-reference. I have Embiid as seven. Okay. So, yeah. So they're they're right. they're 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 right next, there. They're, they're, they're right next to each other. Yeah. yeah. And then, but for Dynasty, actually, I went ahead and moved him up to number four, which I know is a bit of a bold move, but I think um, he's he's, he's showing he's showing yeah yeah it's just like Trey Young. I mean, it, it, th- those two guys are always going to kind of be linked based off of what happened in the draft oh, last sure. year. Yeah, uh, sure. But they're they're both showing that they have what it takes to be the next great you know duo in the NBA as far as rival players and and sort of that next class to come in and 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 really bring some excitement into the league and and be those sort of sure. marquee players the NBA really pushes. It's a future rivalry, right? It's going sure. to be the future rivalry, and it's always going to be you know they're going to be inextricably linked, um, as you said, and 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 Luca. Um, I think you're right. I think he's worked his way into that conversation. I think that that a lot of it has to do with his attitude. He goes out there and he takes over the game, um, which is just something that, you know, Trey Young does it too, but, you know, he can take over the game, even with players like Kevin, like, like Kevin, Jesus. I did this in the last episode too. <laughs> Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Um, mm. You know, it, when you have someone like that, it, it can be tough to maintain. And he's done that. And I've also seen a bit of grittiness from his game, a little bit of attitude. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, I, I didn't really he's definitely see tough. last year. He's Wizards gotten, fans should know about that. Deal. <laughs> yeah, they got into it. And, and, yeah. I, and, and I don't know. I mean, he's showing a little bit of that, that meanness that kind of defines these players. Um, these guys who really can go out there, they just turn into killers. Right. Um, and, and that to me is really exciting to watch. And don't um, forget the, uh, the Rasmataz as well. That he yeah. Brings to the table. <laughs> can't forget that. Rhett, do you want to, do you want to chime in here on, on Luca and, and where you're sort of seeing him in the NBA elite conversation? He's awesome. And as an Atlanta fan, I don't know how you feel about the trade now that it's happened and you've got all the pieces. But I mean, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I don't look at it as Luca versus Trey. Right. I don't. I look at it as Luca versus Trey Young and Cam Reddish. Yes. And Even Cam they... Reddish, Cam Reddish could be. Cam yeah. Reddish could make this deal look like it was really in our favor because he has so much potential. But anyway, continue. Yeah. No, Luca has been. Probably even he's probably exceeded expectations for what the Mavs thought he was going to be. I mean, 27 points, 
10 boards, nine and a half assists. He's even up his steals to 1.5, which is something yeah. that, I mean, that is just invaluable that's the team for a guy. Defense. That's, that's Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle's yeah. team defense, just the great, the rotations. Yeah. He, and, he's, and he's fast. He's a smart player. Yep. I mean, three-point percentage has gone up a little bit. He's a little bit over 35%. I mean, if he keeps improving, he's MVP conversation sooner rather than later. For sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. I think for me, and the last point I'll make is that, you know, I, I think what I still feel a little bit of bitterness around is that I knew when when we were – I had Luca as the number one on my on all my draft boards. Yeah. I had Lucas number one. And I wanted, and when he dropped to three at the Hawks, I don't, I didn't, I wanted Luca in Atlanta. Yes. Because I thought he was going to be this guy. I, th- I really believed that he was going to be this guy, uh, that he's proven that he is. Um, wh- so that's where I get a little bit bitter. But that said, I love Trey Young. I think he's amazing. And I think Trey Young is going to make this deal. I mean, it, it, he is it's not as lopsided as people thought it was when it happened no and trey young is is every day and i'm curious to see how he looks against the spurs tonight but every day he looks like he makes that deal look better and better yep so finally uh we'll move into some games that we're excited about in the upcoming weeks so stay with us and uh and 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 we'll we'll you know join us for as, as we talk through uh, what we're excited about in, in, in week three of the NBA basketball season. Welcome back. And uh, thank you for joining us here for the last segment of our episode. We're going to talk about a few of the games that we're excited about and highlight some of the key storylines that, that we're paying attention to from a fantasy standpoint uh, or from an NBA standpoint generally uh, as we you know look forward to this week's slate of games. The first game that I want to talk about is a blockbuster, a potential finals preview. The Bucks against the Clippers tomorrow night. Uh, Rhett, what do you think about this game? What are you paying attention to in this game other than the billing, the big matchup against with Giannis and Kawhi, the, uh, the ECF, the Eastern Conference final rematch of those two yeah. heavy hitters? No, that's... That's the main thing. Obviously, uh, they're they're both going to be incredible, and it'll be a back and forth between the two of them. But for me, I think Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton against the lesser defenders that the Clippers have, because Kawhi is going to be on Giannis. But then you've got either Lou, I guess Patrick Beverly on on Bledsoe is pretty significant, but on the wing outside of Kawhi. Chris Middleton's going to have to step up. I mean, he's going to have to be the second guy on the team that they paid him to be. Um, And on the flip side of that, just the chemistry between Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams is, uh, it's just, it's unlikely. I don't think anybody on that team was expecting it last year, but they just come in, they do their pick and roll, they get a bucket pretty much every single time. And uh, seeing how Brooke Lopez is going to defend that, um, just seeing how those 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 duos are going to go back and forth is going to be very interesting. Kevin, over to you. What are you curious and excited about in this Bucks Clippers matchup? 
Yeah, I mean, Rhett said it already. The the defensive matchups are going to be huge. Um, you know, I, I love seeing Kawhi battle against top uh, offensive players in general. So he and Giannis is going to be, an, you know, that alone is enough for me to, to, to go and, and check out the game. Um, but I agree. Middleton is probably a guy that needs to step up. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, uh, you know, Brooke Lopez has kind of had a slow-ish start. Um Right. But I could see yeah. him possibly get it going a little bit in this game against uh, Harrell and Zubac, uh, being able to stretch the floor like he can and, uh, you know, kind of being that crafty uh, veteran that he is. Um, he could be a guy that ends up having a, a pretty good game in this one, too. So it'll be interesting to watch, but I never really bet against Kawhi anymore at this point. So <laughs> he's going to he's going to will will his team to wherever they need to get to. Um, and once um, Paul George is back, that's going to be a really uh, formidable uh, uh, team to go up against. Well, that's that's tough. It's tough. So the other game uh, next game that I w- I'd like to talk about. Sixers Nuggets in Denver on Friday. Very exciting matchup. Two of the best centers in the league going against each other. Embiid, Jokic. Uh, Embiid has said in the past that he can't talk any shit to Jokic because he doesn't <laughs> take it. He's you know because Embiid's always talking trash to everybody, but he can't do it with Jokic. Uh, can't get under his skin. Uh, Kev, what are you uh, what are you looking at in this uh, Philly Denver matchup? Yeah, you, you took it out out of what I was going to say exactly. I mean, uh, Embiid, <laughs> what, you know, Sorry. His, his no, well, his uh, you know, his extra uh, special power is that he can he really knows how to get extracurricular activities. <laughs> he knows how to get under the skin of 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 the guys he's playing against, and um, if he can't do that to Jokic, that you know, that kind of offsets one of his advan- normal advantages, but. Uh, I love to see, uh, you know, just like I mentioned, Kawhi going against elite uh, wing players, uh, seeing Embiid and and sort of these uh, this really nice group of young big centers that are all playing at elite levels. Um, you know, I the the matchup with with uh, Embiid versus Cat was uh, that was the game that I picked uh, for last week. Didn't expect uh, what happened to have happened, but it was SmackDown. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and I don't foresee that happening this time. But I do, I do expect a really good back and forth well, between you love these it? two. Uh, <laughs> Jokic is a wild card, though. I don't Those know. Those I mean. two guys. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Jokic pull out like a knife or something. Like, yeah, you don't. Yeah, he's got that. He's got the uh, the uh, surprise. Uh, Built like uh, an I, offensive lineman. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 an interesting character, and and I don't think uh, I don't I don't think anything's gonna happen like that. But I do expect a good back and forth, um, at least uh, you know between those two, and you know it's two of the the better teams. Denver hasn't quite lived up to what we were expecting them to be, but yeah. I, they they definitely can bounce back. Um, and Philly, you know, with Embiid in there is you know, has to be the best overall defensive team in the league. So I think uh, it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be strategic, um, a lot of back and forth. Uh, and and I, I just wanted to, while we're talking about Friday games, throw out the fact that the Wizards versus the Cavs is a nationally televised game on ESPN for some reason. No, it isn't. I don't. <laughs> so enjoy watching that, everybody. But uh, sorry, <laughs> I'll be on league. I will be on league pass. I will not be watching that trash. Oh, anyway, 
Uh, Rhett, what do you think about the Sixers Nuggets matchup? What are you What are you paying attention to in that game? I mean, the Jokic has been kind of off to a slow start. He's still putting up incredible numbers from the center position with six assists and ten boards and a couple couple points, a couple thirteen points. Um, but for me, the thing to watch is Ben Simmons. I mean, he is yeah. one of the most hot and cold players on the Sixers, probably in the league. I mean, if you can neutralize what he does, then he'll have a game like he just had, you know, six points, five boards, six assists. I mean, that's still an okay. I mean, it's seven steals as well, which is an anomaly. It's still a pretty okay line, but that's your second best player. The guy you just gave a max to, you want more than six points. I mean, that's just something that I'm going to be watching for to see how Denver and Mike Malone can scheme around that. Yeah, I, I, I think what I'm interested in is how is Denver's offense going to go, right? Like, because the Phillies got great D. And so I'm really curious about, you know, how, how is Denver, because that's what, what's been missing for them. Their, their offensive output just hasn't been consistent. And so if they can find it, if they, if they can click, um, if, if Jamal Murray can get going and if Gary Harris can hit a few shots, and Jokic starts dealing from the from the from the elbow and from the short corner. Yeah. Then I'm thinking that they might be able to pull this out. Um, I'm also looking at Matisse Thybul. I really wonder yes. if he he could be the difference maker in this game. He could be the one who really blows up Denver's schemes. And yeah. I'm curious to see how his off ball defense works with Jokic operating out of those spaces that I mentioned. It's definitely going to be an interesting subplot to look at because um, uh, I just love quick. the way that he works off ball. Going back to Milwaukee Clippers, Woj just tweeted out that Kawhi will not be playing against Milwaukee, so we can. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Load management. Well, I guess scratch that. Scratch that game off of our. <laughs> off of our list. The timing of that's pretty good. At least it doesn't make us yeah. look like we know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rhett, for that breaking news. So, uh, so I guess it's going to be uh, Mo Harkless on. There you uh, go. On Giannis, which Labor pickup. Oh well. There you go. I mean, I've got him in a couple he's actually been a sneaky good I've got him in a in a in a salary league where he's okay. he he's he's at like ten million and it's a pretty decent price for good how value. much Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are gonna be sitting. So yeah. I'm trying to flip him, but anyway. Um the next game that uh that I'm looking at on the Friday billing is uh an exciting one. Brooklyn in Portland. Uh, both teams that have been a little shaky here in the beginning, some ups, some downs. Their star players have been have had some really high points and also some low points. Um, Kev, what what are you looking at for uh, for Brooklyn and, and in Portland in in a matchup of of a couple teams who will probably be finishing around the same level in their respective conferences? Yeah, I agree. Both have been a bit of disappointments so far this season but uh as we've been talking it it seems like it's just a lot of this is all about matchups so you have again you know two elite point guards going head to head uh for me for my money Kyrie has been but you know one of the most entertaining players to watch this season just uh his handles his ability just to to just break down defenses and pull all sorts of tricks out of his bag has has been a lot of fun to watch for me. Um, so, you know, 
I have him also on a couple of my fantasy teams, but I don't let that sort of uh, color my my uh, my opinions. Sure. But um, yeah, it, it it's a duel between you know again two elite point guards that um, are you know sort of uh, in you know in the middle of their primes, and I think uh, you know it's it's just going to be another fun one to watch. You know, I think both teams have a lot to prove at this point. Um, you know, Brooklyn without. Uh, KD and Portland off to that slow start, and now they don't have uh, uh, Zach Collins. It looks like he's out for maybe four months yeah, now he has after a, shoulder a surgery. Labrum, a labrum injury. Yep. Yeah. yeah, which is a tough blow. So tough they're having needing guys like Hazonia and um, um, I can't even think of his name. The uh, <laughs> the other. I'm sorry. Oh That's yeah, Whiteside. Like yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, Kent Basemore, that's who I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah. they, they, they're needing a lot of these other guys that were supposed to be kind of be the bench unit, kind of step up and play a lot more minutes. I'm uh, hoping we see some Nasir Little, but I guess he hasn't really been able to break through at all. I don't think he's ready. I, I think he's a guy that would not surprise me if we just if he just, you know, we don't see him. We don't see him. Season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I could see him taking a whole season until he gets any time and any kind of uh, uh time on the floor and um i just he's too raw at this point and um i think that uh he he may not work out too i i have questions about whether or not he's going to be uh you know a real nba player or not he 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 came in you know with that really high pedigree and i just from what i saw in summer league and just from what i've been hearing there's a lot of holes to his game right now and i he has a lot of work to do. Yep, fair enough. Uh, I think where I'm sort of I'm paying attention to the the I mean these are two of the weaker defenses in the NBA, and so I'm definitely curious to see how if the if the Nets are able to stop Portland at all, particularly the Nets' second unit. They they really have been struggling defensively, so uh, I'm very curious to see how they how they are able to adapt to a really well to fine-tuned portland offense uh rhett what's what are you looking and, and paying attention to in this matchup from a fantasy perspective for me it's the back and forth between jared allen and deandre jordan uh with hassan whiteside being the starting center for portland i imagine that they'll go deandre jordan uh jared allen doesn't bang near as much but sure on the flip side yeah. of that we just talked about every single player who can like naturally play the five outside of Whiteside is hurt. Nurkic, Gasol, and Collins. So Jared Allen might be in for a big night coming in against second units if they decide to start DeAndre Jordan. Um, so that'll be what I'm watching for. Yeah. I, I'm also going to say one thing for DFS, anyone who's in DraftKings or anything like that, I'm loading up on players in this matchup because it's going to be such a high scoring game. So that's just a little tip there for anyone who makes it this far into the podcast. Um, next game that I want to talk about is an Eastern matchup featuring Rhett's Pacers uh, playing in Orlando against the Magics. Now, some of you listening might be scoffing at a Pacers-Magic matchup and saying, what the hell are you talking about? That's not an exciting game. But I would actually argue that it is because these are two teams who potentially could be battling later on in the season for yeah. a playoff spot. and. I'm really curious to see how the Pacers respond to the Magic defense, which is one of the better defenses in the league. 
if Brogdon's able to cut up that defense, I see it as a pretty good sign for his ability to maintain that, uh, as we discussed earlier in the episode. So uh, that matchup's happening on Saturday. Rhett, I'm going to start with you since it's your Pacers. Uh, what are you paying attention to in this game? Like you said, uh, Brogdon's going to be a big, this is going to be one of his better tests with the defense that the Magic has been throwing out there. They've been very, very, uh, very good locking people down. But uh, the health of Turner and Sabonis is a big deal. Uh, They were questionable uh, tonight. um, And so I assume that they'll be healthy by then, be able to get back to form, which will help them match up better with, Vucevic um, and Aaron Gordon. So from a fantasy wise, if you picked up Goga thinking you were going to get uh, a solid week or two out of him, I wouldn't be too optimistic from that. But then on the magic side of things, Aaron Gordon has been very underwhelming so far this year. Um, but if he ends up matched up with Sabonis on him on the perimeter, I, I feel like he could take advantage of that matchup pretty pretty significantly sure. and uh so that'll be something yeah. to watch both in my pacers interest and my fantasy interest interesting interesting kevin thoughts on this matchup yep i agree it's a, a great test uh for brogdon uh you know i'll be watching to see how uh mark Fultz does uh against him uh i think he's for sure. one to keep an eye on and, and Fultz has know, been getting those minutes too he has he's getting opportunity and um, you know, it, it's still a work in progress, but he's he's definitely showing signs of life. And then it, the guy that I'm always watching when Orlando plays is Jonathan Isaac. Uh, just how he can, re- you know, just wreak havoc on other teams' offenses. He's and electric. Yeah. yeah, he he's he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, obviously Vooch is Vooch, and he's a a solid, you know, just great vet center, um, on, especially on the offensive end. Uh, and I think as long as Turner and Sabonis are healthy, uh, like Rhett was saying, you know, they, they'll be able to kind of balance those things out. But I, I could see uh, someone like an Isaac being a real X factor in this matchup, sure. uh, yeah, yeah. especially guarding the likes of someone like TJ Warren, I think might yeah. end up getting a little overwhelmed. So um, we'll see. Uh, it should be a fun game either way. We will see. And, and another one that I'm looking at is uh, Mo Bamba for the Magic because, you know, as Rhett said, they the front court for the Pacers is a little rough right now with injuries. If Turner's out and Sabonis maybe isn't 100%, Bamba could step up and actually have a pretty good game. He hasn't had a great season so far, so I'm looking for him to take a step, and this might be the opportunity for him to do that. Uh, the last little narrative that I want to talk about, the Heat, very hot, very hot, with a few pr- rookies showing out, showing up. No pun um, Yeah, there you go. Uh for Miami, they've got a tough West Coast schedule this week. They've got the Nuggets, the Suns, and the Lakers all in their houses. Uh, I'm really curious to see if uh, this road trip gives us insight into how real Miami's chances are this year. What do you guys think uh, is important for Miami going on this West Coast road trip this week? And I'll start with, uh, with Kevin. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of it comes down. I, I'm a I'm a big Spolstra uh, believer. You know, I think he is uh, sure. definitely one of the best coaches out there, and is able to kind of patchwork these teams together. And and they're you know Miami is always kind of you know in the mix. And uh, obviously, uh, 
Jimmy Butler is key um, as their best player. But these rookies have really surprised. You know, uh, Kendrick Nunn has really uh, been a big surprise for me, and and has really been productive. Tyler Harrow has a lot has had a lot of good. Um, uh, he he's had a lot of good spots so far this season as well. And sure. you know, obviously, uh, Bam Adebayo is a really, really kind of underrated. He's still not that well known uh, outside of sort of the uh, you know the NBA nerds, but he's definitely a guy that is extremely uh, effective. And you got even someone like Myers Leonard stepping up, um, which was very unexpected. Uh, so overall. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Uh, exactly. So they, they're getting all the uh, production from a, a variety of sources. A lot of them we necessarily weren't expecting this season, or at least I wasn't. Um, and I kind of credit that to Spolstra. But uh, yeah, they're 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 playing they're playing great right now. Uh, it's definitely going to be a tough uh, three game three game stretch here. But um, I'll be curious to see how it goes. And and uh, they're yeah. definitely a, just a fun team to root for because. For at least again for me, I wasn't expecting them to to have so many guys kind of step up uh, and 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 be productive like they've been, and um, yeah. so they they kind of have that underdog feel. Uh, and you know, any team with Jimmy Butler is going to be interesting to watch as well. So, yeah, um, sure. uh, you know, I I I could see them. I'll I'll just kind of go on the record. I'm going to predict that they're going to go two and one on this road trip, and they're going to beat the Suns and the Lakers. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Brett, what do you think? Uh, the the most interesting thing to me about Miami so far has been their health. They haven't been particularly healthy, at least with two of their three best players. Jimmy wasn't out sure. of the game because of health reasons. Obviously, he missed because of the birth of his child. But then Winslow has been out with back issues. He did end up playing tonight. Um, but they've been, like you said, the rookies have been stepping up. Like uh, no one was expecting Tyler Harrow to be as good as what he's been. And then Kendrick Nunn, obviously no one expected that because he was undrafted G league, got picked up right. by the heat from the Warriors. Um, he's but exploded. Forward, yeah. Uh, it'll be Bam Adebayo has been an amazing fantasy asset so far this year, but it'll be interesting to see how his defense stacks up against three elite centers like Jokic, AD, and, uh, you know, Aaron Baines. So what do you think? How are they going to go against the Nuggets, the Suns, and the Lakers? What do you predict? I I think that they will also go two and one, but I think they lose to the Lakers. Uh, I think that, I mean, LeBron, AD have been dominating. Dwight Howard's sure. been given great minutes. Uh, yep. That's that's just a tough matchup for them. I don't know how they're going to match up with those two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, well, I think they're going to go one and two. I think they'll beat the Suns and they're going to lose to the Nuggets and the Lakers. Mm. Um, I'm, I think it's, I think the, that Miami's young. I think that they have gotten off to a great start, but I wonder about their consistency when relying so much on sort of unproven assets. Yeah. Um, it, it, it I, I'd like to see a little more consistency before. I kind of give them, and this is going to be a brutal road trip for them, yeah. uh, tough places to play. Um, so I just don't see them coming out on top with a winning record. But, hey, you know, they could very well go the other way. They could they could sweep. I mean, they look they look really good. So I could see it going either way. But Miami, you guys made all the great points. Uh, very interesting squad so far. Um, and, and a great week of NBA basketball uh, ahead of us. And that will round out and close 
episode 11 of the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. Uh, I've been Tony Papadopoulos at who's underscore your underscore Papa on Twitter. Uh, and we have been joined by two extremely talented, my good friends, Kevin and Jay. Gentlemen, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners where they can find you on Twitter uh, so, so they can rage at you if you've said anything that's offended them. Yeah, uh, you can find me at, at Rhett underscore Bauer, R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R. Uh, feel free to come at me for my elite center comment about Aaron Baines being in the same class as Jokic and AD. <laughs> Kev? So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin So, um, and I'm in there throwing out basketball knowledge, mixing in some Taco Bell information, and some political rants. So I'll try to keep that to a minimum as well. But uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun guys. A lot of fun. Thank you both so much for your time and your energy and your insight. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, to our listeners, thank you again for another great episode. If you like it, let us know on Twitter. Uh, We appreciate it. And as always, check us out on thefantasyunicorns.com. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.